Real talk, real soul. Welcome to Soul Speak, your HQ for ideas and conversation, the podcast show that tackles today's toughest topics. Now, here are your hosts, the Delivery Crew. Welcome to Soul Speak. Today we have episode 10 and a special guest with us. His name is Pierre Bacos. Say hey, Pierre. How you doing, guys? Thank you so much for having me here on Soul Speak. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here with us. I mean, like you, I would definitely say um, you are a, our biggest interview, like outside of our local area. I mean, where where are you, where are you from right now? Uh, right now, I'm in a suburb of DC. It's Germantown, Maryland. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So doing? it's definitely really cool to connect with you guys. Yeah. What are you doing all the way out in DC? <laughs> if we, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, no. Um, well, I'm from here originally. Uh, moved around a bit. I was in radio for a few years, so I moved around and then uh, came back here uh, after that was over. Um, right now at the moment, uh, well, I was DJing before before COVID hit. I was DJing around town, uh, pretty much working with nightclubs, doing consulting, scheduling DJs and DJing myself. Now, since COVID hit, you know, uh, kind of been professionally displaced since DC doesn't have any more live entertainment. Uh, so kind of shifted gears and um, oh, I have always had an interest in holistic health, uh, homeopathic healing. So I'm actually taking classes online for that. And hopefully soon I can um, be a certified nutrition professional and help people achieve their health goals. Wow. That, that, that's a lot right there. You packed on the table. Yeah. It, it, it's like you went from, like, you went from a singular passions, like a passion that fulfills your inner desires to mm -hmm. uh, a passion that can open up the doors for more than just yourself. Like uh, with those holistic truths, I feel like how I understand holistic truths, at least, are things that can be um, controversial in a sense to talk about. The truths can be easily covered up or um, uh, you'll hear the phrase of like, how are we going to try and um, uh, make this not look so bad? And, <laughs> you know, typically that means there's there's someone who has the power to say, all right, this happened because of this, but not actually because of what actually happened. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's funny that, that, uh, you know, when, when one says holistic, you know, it can be, it can be viewed as controversial. And I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of research on the topic of medicine and how allopathic medicine got its foothold. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but in, in 1910, uh, Rockefeller actually, uh, he went around to a bunch of medical schools that were uh, financially in trouble. And he started giving them grants on the one condition that uh, these schools would only teach allopathic medicine and not homeopathic medicine. Why? Because uh, he was in control of all the fossil fuels and all the factories. So he was using those factories to make the pills. So, and I mean, this is all, this is all documented. You can all, you can look this up, but the name of the report is called the Flexner report. The Flexner report is what they used to kind of cement their ideas in the public's eye. And um, they would flip schools. And then ever since then, homeopathic and natural medicine was viewed at as alternative and controversial. So, so when you say that, would you, um, would you say people nowadays would categorize holistic and QAnon together? Like, um, uh, well, like, have you ever encountered like being considered QAnon from people who might see holistic that way? I've been asked the question, unfortunately, like, 
it's it's only a conspiracy. And I'm talking about the holistic part, health, the, the holistic health part here, not not the QAnon part. The QAnon part is a whole other rabbit hole. That, um, yeah. Uh, but the, it's I guess they're coupled together because within the past year, you know, you have things like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, so-called cures for COVID that are being bashed by the media. So that's where like the QAnon coupling kind of gets in there. Um, so I wouldn't say that holistic health is, you know, as, as extreme as to be classified with QAnon. It's just, it's just alternative because of what we've been taught. Mm-hmm. We just have to follow the money at the end of the day. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to come on here and start red pilling all over the place right off the bat, but oh, no, I no. mean, I'm just, you know, a- answering the question. Like that's, that's the answer to the question. That's my answer to the question, you know? So th- you know? for those of us who aren't really super familiar with it, like what, what are you doing? Are you, are you like aligning chakras or selling people? like No, no, this is, or what is this? Well, this is, this is, this is your body performing in a way that's, directly correlated with what you put in it, you know, um, just like a car, you know, if you properly maintain a car, you have to take it to the shop less. It, it, it doesn't break down as much. If you properly maintain your body, you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to break down, you know? So, um, and the side effects of a lot of these pills are terrible, you know? So why, you know, especially within the last year, I asked myself, you know, in 2005, when hydroxychloroquine, or sorry, 2015, when hydroxychloroquine was promoted by, you know, Dr. Fauci as being a good cure for SARS-CoV-1. And then now with COVID-19, and it has this, it has, I think, 75% of the same genetic makeup as SARS. And now HCQ is all of a sudden controversial. I don't know. To me, it's about money at the end of the day. Um, uh, you know, on on that issue, uh, I think that issue also lies into, um, about who said it as well. Um, you said Dr. Fauci mentioned it, uh, and, uh, I also account that into once Donald Trump, um, like backed it and supported it. Once his name was put anywhere in the vicinity of it, it was instantly batted down by the democratic side. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. It really is. And that's like. The biggest problems I wanted to like establish when I asked you that question is like, how would you differ? And what would you, what, if you had one thing to sell, tell someone about the difference between holistic truths and a Q, uh, being considered QAnon, what would it be? Uh, QAnon is, is a political conspiracy. Mm. Holistic health has actual data and studies behind it. Um, and you guys, but I feel like you said it was an alternative method. So like you got to ask questions you wouldn't normally do. And this is me playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, just, yeah. Just for um, say so. But uh, so you're thinking of things that people would normally just bat down instantly because it's seen as alternative. And I think QAnon started like that. And by definition, that's what they mean. However... They were, there's a, um, I guess, a portrayal or a image with them that has been created by this type of like a very polaristic culture we have. And yes. um, so it's, it's like, you know, you can't even touch it, can't even talk about it. You just got to stay away from it. 
And it, it's, a, it's a hard subject to jump on. That's why, like, when you, when you said you want to talk about holistic truths and you were in it, I was like, oh, yes. I love jumping on the hard stuff. <laughs> I mean, dude, oh. I, 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 you know, honestly, I was surprised when you brought up QAnon. But um, it, see, uh, from being honest, I'm glad you did, you know, because, uh, you know, there's so much controversy around it. And, look, nobody knows for sure what it is. But what, what do we know? That they're against political corruption, they're against pedophilia, and they're against evil. Is that bad? Those foundations are not bad. And that's where I think um, one image we try to get across as a podcast is like, you got to be able to recognize the good in some things. And if everything else, if all the bad outweighs the good, you can take the good out and put it into something else. Doesn't mean that just because that good was associated with a bad, it's bad. I agree. Well, that's well said, man. A lot of a lot of organizations like that, you have to think, and, and it all comes down to the lens, right? Like you can go look. Um, I mean, you can go look uh, way back when Europe was trying to take over for the sake of salvation. They thought that they were saving these people, but really they were pillaging and killing. But, you know, if you put it in the lens of, oh, well, they wanted to offer salvation, oh, well, is it really that bad? Yeah. It can still be that bad. You know, there's there's a lot of, I mean, even, even not to be abrasive, but you go look at the Nazi party, you know, to the people of Germany at the time, it made sense. But just because it makes sense or it's objectively good does not mean that its practices are good. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the media, man, with, with the media, you're, you're getting a narrative and it's 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 not always telling all sides of the story. So it's it's unfortunate, like, you know, if if natural methods to treat or help diseases are so bad, like, why not have a natural doctor on TV and just have a healthy debate? You know, like, why not do that instead of blindly just censoring everybody? Like when you do that, it makes it even makes it seem even more fishy right mm. so um and it's not it's not like hey i have an idea let me share it like no this is what we were using before 1910 like this is how we this is how we lived you know and now it's all about money and i'm not saying that allopathic medicine doesn't have a place it does help it does help in emergency situations i just like we're seeing people younger and younger going into the disease state of their lives it's, having chronic disease, uh, starting medications regularly that, can, that they're going to be on for life. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're seeing that starting earlier and earlier. So we have to ask ourselves there, what, what the problem is here. Like we're medicating earlier and earlier. We're eating less healthy and less healthy. The food is being more industrialized. There's a correlation here. There's a correlation between all the health issues that we have as a population, the way that our food is produced and packaged, and the medicine that we're taking. There is a correlation. There have been studies done. I honestly agree with you to, to that exact point of what you said. Like, you have gluten. Uh, gluten allergies are on the rise. Almost every kid nowadays is born with a gluten allergy. You have, um, like, Crohn's disease is on the rise. Before, it was a rare disease. Very few people had it. Now, a lot of people is getting it. And then diabetes. Yep. Diabetes is also a rising case. And then you also have it to where like a simple dash of just a certain plant can be just enough. Like my uncle, he is, he is one person. Like he, he has taken blood tests to where 
he can eat five things at the grocery store as long as they are pure and clean processed cut nothing in them he cannot have like sunflower seed oil which is in a lot of things he can yes. he cannot have eggs he cannot have dairy he can't have cheese there is so much he can't have just because a little bit of it his body will just reject and cause him to have sneezing attacks or migraines or whatever it be and it it i think it is either a cause due to the genetic modification in food like yes it is helping us survive and until we find a better alternative which i don't think we are working as hard as we could be you know we got to do what we got to do to feed everybody mm -hmm. but like with that said it, there should always be an incentive to try and push for something better i think if everybody tried to farm like people can produce enough if, as long as the soil is good and you're in the right areas, most people who are at least well off enough off to live and provide for themselves can grow food for themselves, can can prevent from having to factory produce things where uh, procedures might not be followed correctly or they modify something to the point where it, we can't break it down anymore. See, I, I, yeah. I kind of take the opposite effect there. I mean, I think that if people are exposed to this this crap younger just because the nature of childhood and the adaptive nature of, of being young, that if they're exposed to it while they're young and they're not sheltered from it, that they can adapt to it and they'll be fine for the rest of their lives. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying it is, it is, you know, and this is an opinion. I don't have any research or anything, but it seems to me that if it works for diseases like kids who eat dirt and aren't protected from the outdoors and that kind of thing have a, have better immune systems, why wouldn't it be the same for food? Well, you just said it. Uh, I think it, there's a difference between, you know, coming across some, some bacteria in the dirt, you know, which I agree with you is good for kids. Absolutely. They say it's good for kids to have dogs too, and kind of play with the dogs and get those germs in. it builds the immune system. So definitely spot on with that. But with your diet, with stuff that you're actually eating, um, you know, a, a kid eats dirt one day, no, no big deal. But if you're, if you're constantly putting processed foods in your body daily, that over time wears down your organs. You know, it makes your organs work harder. It weakens your stomach lining. It, it, it causes you to have leaky gut, free radicals in your bloodstream, which makes your immune system work harder. It's, it's a domino effect. Because mm, real you know, food... So, I was going to say real food typically breaks down easier, does it not? Like if it's not. Absolutely. Modern. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, the first thing I think of, and this could just be, you know, my Lakers talking, but like LeBron James, for instance, this guy has been at his absolute peak physical ability for longer than I've been alive. And he's on like this almost secretive diet plan because people talk about how crazy, you know, his diet is and, his caloric intake is down to the numbers. They've got, you know, he's eating specific veggies on certain days to keep his body doing, you know, specific tasks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you talk about, you know, it's proven. Yeah, go look at these pro athletes, the guys that stay in the league 15, 20 years. I guarantee they eat better than the guys that are out of the league at eight. I guarantee. There's, wow. there's, there's no way there's not a correlation to it. Well, I wish I had a million to spend a year on health too, but um. <laughs> well, you know, if I had a personal nutritionist. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it's, and that's a great example, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it's 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 becoming known more and more because 
you know, the, the curtains of big pharma are coming off. Even before COVID, they, they were coming off. Um, now it's just coming off more publicly. Mm-hmm. And it's more controversial, you know, more publicly. But, um, but yeah, it, like, you know, these high-profile athletes, like you were saying, uh, they, they're coached to understand. They understand now, you know, that peak performance is ultimately what you put in your body. You know, you could, like, the diet is more important than the gym. You know, if you're not eating right, whatever you do in the gym doesn't doesn't matter as much. You know, if you got to eat right, now you, that, you're. I was gonna say that's a very controversial topic because, like, you you have um, even people who work out every day. I have buddies who work out every day, and they're like, "Yeah, because I work out, I can eat what I want." However, you then have the other groups who's like, "I'm going to work out, and in order to work out at my peak, you have to put fuel into your body." So I can yeah. kind of see both. Like I had a not the best diet in high school. However, because of football, my my health performance was a lot better than what it had ever been in my life. Yeah, I, I, I second that. I am a living example of you cannot outrun your fork, um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as I like to put it. Uh, you know, I was in high school. I was a competitive swimmer. We were practicing two-a-days probably going through, you know, 6,000 calories worth of diet. And I wasn't eating the best stuff. It was stuff. It was calories. I mean, it was getting the job done, but, you know, I was still overweight and I, I, I considered myself fairly healthy, but as soon as I quit and I kept eating the same way, um, needless to say, I ballooned up and I went to the doctor one day and I had all these diseases. Never should have gone to the doctor. I would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's big pharma coming after you. Yeah. I think that brings back around, you know, like the whole, we're, we're learning more and more about nutrition every day. I think nutrition right now is one of the fastest growing like sciences. And just, I worked for, you know, our local university's uh, football team. And one of the first things they did when they got the money to was they hired nutritionists. And these players are on a specific plan to not consume empty calories, to have, you know, good meats, good greens, these things that are good. It's, it's, it's like when you pick premium fuel for your car, yeah. you're going to get more miles on it than if yeah. you, you know, click the 87 you know, <laughs> that all regular fuel like the Chevy gets. But yeah. It's, it's, it, it, I think it, you, you put it the best. It does. It comes down to the, the fuel you put in your body. Uh, you can't run off of, you know, a McDouble a day. Like it just doesn't work out that way. But if I, you know, have a couple eggs and some leafy greens and, you know, I really, I focus, I, I pay more attention to what I'm putting in my body. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I'm hitting these food groups because I want my body to develop like this. And I think I really do think people are starting to take it more serious. Yeah, I don't pay yeah. attention at, at all. It's, it's just I'm hungry. All right, what we got? Okay, barbecue. <laughs> sure, I'll do barbecue. Okay, sushi. Sure, I'll do sushi. Whatever, man. Yeah. See, I tried specifically well, for a minute there. Uh, t- what was you gonna say, Pierre? Sorry. Oh no, go ahead, please. Uh, I was going to say um, I tried uh, to do a specific diet for a minute there, and. It definitely falls like it, it shows you where your discipline lies. And that, that's that's for sure, because in order to do something as in buying organic foods or eating mm-hmm. right, cooking right, it, it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of just, OK, this needs to be done. 
And then once you feel the results, it's like, okay, this is going to be done. But um, I was in the carnivore diet, and there's a lot of controversy around the carnivore diet, carnivorous diet. I don't know if you've read up on it or anything. Yeah. Um, yes. However, from what I've read, like for the past 20 years, we've had this big red meat scare. Like red meat gives you cancer. Red meat's the reason why you get fat. Red meat, red meat. Stay away from red meat. However. Lies, yeah. lies, lies, lies. Yeah, from what I've read and from what I've experienced, like being on a carnivore diet is is like a clean slate. It, it is able to de- to be able to determine what affects your body to the truest extent, because like um, human uh, human uh, flesh from meat and um, their organs, because their organs actually carry the uh, nutrients needed to you know stay at peak yep. during the carnivore diet. The um, livers. Yep. Yep. And as long if you eat them bare with no seasoning, no nothing on there, it pretty much like cleans your system. And uh, as I was reading, like just a simple dash of of a plant can be enough to cause gastro problems. And I was like, hmm, okay. So the way I took that was was I was going to slowly start like um, dousing my uh, meats and my portions with certain. um, spices and whatnot as I went along and see how it impacted me, how it make me sniffle. And I got a good three weeks in, I lost five pounds. And then the, the, the craving for sugar just wow. overcame me. It overcame me. So like every time I looked somewhere, all I could think about was the desserts they had. <laughs> like sugar addiction is, is something serious. You don't realize it till you can compl- like cold Turkey, cut it out of your system. <laughs> I've, absolutely that's an american and, thing yeah <laughs> i've had two and that, that's why that's why that balance is good you know balance is good at the end of the day yes you I've, know. I've had two really effective diets um the first was a, a fasting type so fast for 48 hours eat for 24 fast for 48 oh wow 24 um and that that was pretty good i lost like 20 pounds doing that and then i just how did you feel you know the effects of fasting are absolutely fantastic. Um, they are. You're, you're sitting I think, there. I think my fastest is 18 hours only, but man, 24 hours. Wow, please go on. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, no, you, you're sitting there at 24 hours and you're sitting there at work and you've gotten past the point of hungry. Like you're just kind of numb to it at this point. You're just like, yeah. okay, because, you know, on a fasting diet, you can have water or black coffee. Um, and this was before I converted, so I could still drink coffee. And, um, you know, you're sitting there at work and you're not focused on, oh, what am I going to have for lunch? And so you're not focused on the hunger beforehand and you're not dragged down by the full stomach after lunch. And you're actually a lot more. It, it's it's a clarity. It's it's a yeah. it's a clarity and a focus that you just that I haven't experienced with anything else. Um and I agree. It's, I, it is a beautiful thing. Like when it feels great, it feels like a natural, it's like a natural high. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I understand now why so many religions advocate for fasting when you're trying to get into a spiritual mindset, because Mm -hmm. you do feel like you can perceive things better. Like if you're quote unquote, listening for God, you're going to hear them a lot better if you haven't had anything to eat for a while. Um, and that's, that's just personal experience. Might sound like the Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then the second. No, I, I agree fully. Yeah. Yeah. The second diet, I'm actually coming off the tail end of it right now. We're, we're going to be breaking this one here probably next week is um, I cut out alcohol and my uh, my doctor put me on uh, fentermine. Um, so the combination of those two things and I've lost like 20 pounds again. Um, and well, what is you said fentermine? Yeah, what is that? It's a very low grade amphetamine. Um, oh, okay. So you, you can't drink on it, um, but it, it keeps you focused and it burns fat. And so the, the coupling of not taking in the empty calories of the alcohol plus the, the fat burner that's going in yeah. that mm. and as an amphetamine keeps you from wanting to eat to begin with, I mean, it all just works out to the point where you're, you're just shedding pounds. I swear I lost 10 in the first week, and since then it's kind of slowed oh. down. Um, I believe it. But that's, that's what, what, I've, what I'm coming off the tail end of right now. Well, okay. Let, let, I want to go back on the first one. Um, sure. Because just because we've talked about it, how did you feel when you stopped? Like, um, how fast did the weight come back? I mean, it probably took about a month for me to get back to where I was, to back to my, uh, as I like to call it, the carrying weight. Uh, you know, populations have a carrying population. I have a carrying weight. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I put in. My, I, I'm so big at that point that I'm just going to burn it off. And that, for me... That's about 3.20. And my doctor looks at me and he's like, this is not healthy. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't go up from here. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I'd say, it, yeah, it took about a month to get back to carrying weight. Um, but the, the real, the big effect was on the brain, man. Like, you just feel like you're in a fog constantly. Like, especially because, you know, you get to the point where all you're thinking about is food. And the more you reinforce that with food, the more you think about food. So if you can force yourself for that, that first couple days is rough. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give anybody that. Um, if you can, if you can yeah. force yourself for that first and, and don't never a for the purposes of, of not getting sued, always talk to your doctor before starting a diet. Yeah. We are not, we are, we do not give advice. We're not nutritionists. <laughs> um, but B um, <laughs> when you, when you decide to take this on and you have the proper, uh, instructions, um, you know, don't jump on into it all at once. I mean, a really good way to start is doing eight, 16 and eight. So you don't eat for 16 hours and you can eat for eight hours a day. And you'd be surprised how much of that time that you're not eating is just taken up by sleeping anyway. So you don't feel like you're missing out. And then, you know, you bump it up to say 20 and four. And then you bump it up to 24 off, 12 on. And then you bump it up and you bump it up and you bump it up. And eventually you're working your way up to where you're at, like the longest I ever did was 48 hours. But I've heard of people who can go literally seven or 10 days. I, I don't think that's healthy. That, that, that seems excessive to me. Like at some point you, you just got to eat. But um, there are people online who, who claim to have done it for seven to 10 to 14 days and even longer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that how the Buddha achieved enlightenment or almost achieved enlightenment the first go around? Yeah. I mean, I know uh, there's something to it. And, and like Ramadan, I'll, 
uh, pardon my ignorance, how long is Ramadan? I know they have to fast for quite some time. Yeah, well, Ramadan's a full month. And if I am, I, I'm not Muslim, so I, I do not know for sure. But my belief is that they are allowed to eat when the sun is down. Yeah, so like literally the other day there was a soccer game in Turkey. Or um, yeah. it wasn't yeah. in Turkey. Turkey was playing somewhere, but Turkey, the team, was there. And they stopped mid-game to let them fast and eat because it was their one time to eat, and they weren't going to miss it. Yeah. And Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I mean – It's always really cool to see cultural moments in sports like that. Definitely. Like I love watching uh, I love watching like the Olympics or like world games and seeing the haka. I always like th- I think that's a really cool tradition. Yeah. Even though American athletes always look intimidated so it must be working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other big thing that just popped into my head with the fasting diets. Um nothing in equals nothing out. <laughs> that's that's another 20 minutes every couple hours that you don't have to yep. to, to lose in your day <laughs> yeah so corporate america absolutely good point get your uh get your employees to fast <laughs> and you can get some more productive time out of them the toilet paper industry is not gonna like this <laughs> well big, big, i guess i'll just go work for amazon then <laughs> yeah right big tp's got a problem <laughs> <laughs> all right well all right, so we've we've definitely uh, talked about how where we are now and how we're feeling about holistic truths now. I want to take this back a step and get into how you came into being a holistic truth guy. Like, what made you want to learn about medicines and diets in such a way? Like, was it something through being Catholic school? Like, how, how did Catholic school shape you? That's my better question. How did Catholic school shape you? Like, where was your direction when you got done with Catholic school? Oh, um, okay. Well, two very different questions. So, I'm, uh, which one do you want <laughs> to go? Which one do you want me to tackle first? Sorry, I'm gonna go with the Catholic school question because that's all right. I can lead it in. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so, uh, first of all, I just want to preface this by saying I made a lot of great relationships, brotherhoods through Catholic school. I feel like there were some good values instilled in me from going to Catholic school and being raised Catholic. Having said that, I do not agree with everything that Catholicism, Catholicism preaches. Uh, to me, religion as a whole, it's, it's man-made. So although we can extract some good values from religion itself, um, at the end of the day, it's like, just be a good person. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. I found that um, Catholicism really instills a lot of guilt in you, a lot of fear. Um, you're, you're more motivated by not going to hell than by actually being a good person. You know, at least if you're like, that was my experience because I, I think for me, everything was taken very literal. You know, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe since then, uh, things have been taken less literally. Um, and again, I'm not bashing Catholicism. Like, I feel like I had a really good foundation from that. Uh, but on the other hand, I do feel like, um, more of a tolerant, more of a worldview approach would have been more beneficial for when I left Catholic school. Does that make sense? Oh, that, that makes total per total yeah. sense. Like I, that speaks to me on so many levels. Because when I look at religion, like I've looked at so many, tried to see like what makes this group say they have the right answer, and this group say that they do. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I've came to the conclusion that 
the man or woman who has created that religion or deity at the end of the day did so to either a justify themselves or b create a sense of fulfillment within their lives and i think understanding that at the root and bare bones lets people know that we just all, we all want to be good we all want to be treated well and respect and we all want what we're doing to matter however the biggest thing with that is like you get people forcing you to do things or making it feel like they're being pressured pressured right and um that's my biggest thing with like so is it selfish to not want to go to hell for your own personal well-being or like this is where I get a big conflict in what it means to be a selfless or selfish person. Like, is it selfish to want to be saved for your own greater good? Or is that selfless? Or is it, is it selfless putting well, yourself below and, and pushing others up? Like, it's, it's a very contradictory yeah. po- topic for myself. And it's a great question. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely something I battle every day, and that's why I like – I. I never like demean anyone's religion. I always listen. I always respect them. Like I've, for myself, I've thought about practicing. No, I. What What was you gonna say? And no, no, just just to you know expand on before before I lost thought. It was like what you were saying. Uh, religion, it's only a problem when it becomes intolerant of others. You know, and for me, if if look, I love Jesus. Okay, what he did was awesome. But if somebody's telling me that the only way somebody can be saved is if they only believe that Jesus is God, well, what about like a three-year-old, God forbid, a three-year-old Muslim kid, let's say, for example, dies suddenly, has no idea what's going on. Is he damned because he doesn't know about Jesus? Yeah, to me, that's not fair. To me, that's not fair. That's I, intolerant. Can I? And that's my issue with it. Yeah. I know that's that's actually I I don't know if I brought this up on the show or not, but I've talked to this with a lot of my close friends. Definitely Ty at some point. But the thing that actually I came up and my my grandfather was uh, a Baptist preacher. I came up like strict Baptist. And one of the first things that ever turned me away from religion. And I remember this very, very specifically. I was six years old and I asked my grandfather, I I asked him, I was because it was that same idea that you're getting at. Because Christianity and most other religions, I just know this for sure, Christianity is centered around like love and, you know, the redemption of your peers. And I think that it's total bullshit that we can follow a God that's willing to save all of his children, but only if they know that you exist. Like, yeah you're telling me that someone doesn't have a chance at salvation just because of where they were born, how they were raised, you know, it's not fair. It's, it's unfair. And it's, 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 that defeats the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. The idea is to reach salvation, whatever that may be, whatever your religious leading is. It's the, you know, ultimately be saved to be a part of the eternal, whatever, but it's, it's, it, it makes me sick. And it actually turned me away from religion for a long, long time. Because I just, I couldn't imagine, like, this pastor is sitting here, not just this pastor, my grandfather is telling me this. And I'm six years old. It's just not right. So I I had to take a very specific journey to get to where I am spiritually. Uh, 
but I just, I apologize. I just, when you said that, it really resonated with me. I, I totally, totally sympathize with that emotion. Dude, to, to be six years old and to have the awareness to realize that, um, I, I'd say you're on, you're on this path for a reason, my friend. I would say that. You know, and Thank you. I... Yeah. Um, oh, he's been biting at the seams. Let me let Matt say it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the, the reason that I, I joined the church is because I asked that exact same question. I walked up to, to a friend of mine who was in the church and I, I, I asked him, so what happens to everybody who like, you know, came before Jesus was alive? Do they mm. just like go to hell or what's up with that? That Old Testament shit's rough, all right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he was like, well, no. And and this this goes with your intuition, um, T-Lock, in as much as like, yes, God is merciful and he loves you. And even if you don't get an opportunity to learn about Jesus and accept him in this life, you'll get an opportunity in the next life. And that's that's the biggest thing that I have learned, and one of the, the most comforting doctrines of, of the church is that uh, I, uh, I, yeah, um, is that, you know, no matter who you are, and even if you do hear the gospel in this life, you'll still have the chance to accept it in the next, um, provided that, uh, uh, that you, you know, you actually, um, that you actually care to learn about it. Endless Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I endless. Mean, it's, <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been for me personally, not like it's, it, I think for a lot of people, it's been such a. I would also like to welcome Bailey. This is Bailey. He is now uh, speaking yeah. with us. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I just got all for us. Yeah, better he, late than never, right? Yeah, right. You made it. You made it to the meaty parts. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to add into something that Matt said on that though was like that. Like again, raised Southern Baptist. I think I've actually mentioned that before. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where uh, I kind of enjoyed that fact. That was kind of the church that I grew up in. Was you can. Even though the Old Testament is all fire and brimstone with a non-merciful God, uh, like that is something that most preachers don't preach on is the fact that you can be saved out of hell. Like if you go there, it is not a damned sentence, and there's a lot of churches that still preach the old way that I don't agree with. That's actually what made me stop going for organized religion personally. Like I, I'm still born again Christian, still Southern Baptist. I just follow my own path at this point. Well, yeah. you know, even in the the origin stories, Lucifer, the whole reason he exists was he didn't want people to enter damnation. The whole idea, and this is just for Christianity in particular, I realize, but it, it it's kind of it, it's backwards to think that you know hell is as accessible as we think it is because really and truthfully other than blasphemy which it would have to be blasphemy in the face of god which lucifer did but and demons have never seen the earth period it's it's not i feel like everyone uses hell as a way to feel better about themselves because Oh, I disagree with you. Oh, enjoy hell. Yeah. You know, it, it turns into this whole 
It's a, well, it does, I and mean, I've seen it all the time. I mean, that's where you're I going. With, it's a scare tactic. So self righteous. It, it's it a is. scare tactic it is that, tr- that that preachers use in their arsenal. If they cannot get you to come to church on Sunday, well, you're gonna burn in hell if you don't. All right, all right. Let's let's <laughs> save all this for the religious talk. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just I walked in on that part. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But um, to connect back with how we led into this, so. How fast did you know after you got done with Catholic school that you didn't agree with it or you didn't want to be fully encompassed in it? Well, I just, I was honestly like worrying about every move that I was making, every decision that I was making every, and it just, it didn't feel good to be honest. And, uh, I felt, I feel like it led to a lot of anxiety, which, which led to, uh, it'll be a good segue to the health topic, which led to a lot of medications. Okay. Which I got off of. So that's, we'll visit that later, I guess. But uh, it just, uh, at the end of the day, it didn't feel good. So, and I was confused and I was just thinking too much. And uh, at, at, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, I, I appreciate these values. You know, I know, I know the good part of it is good, but I don't like all this. I know I'm not an asshole, <laughs> you know, like I treat others the way that I want to be treated. I know I do that. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to live the way Jesus is said to have lived. And was Jesus a Christian? No, he wasn't. Christianity wasn't invented when Jesus was alive, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to be a good person. I'm going to treat myself well. I'm going to treat others well. And at least I know I can't go wrong with that. <laughs> you know, it feels good. And if there is some kind of torturous afterlife, um, I think my non-dickness can get me <laughs> there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's my philosophy. And it feels good. At the end of the day, it feels good. Like if, 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 if we're taking the Buddhist approach and saying that heaven and hell is right here and heaven and hell is the way you feel, then I want to feel like heaven. Yeah. You, know? you can feel like and heaven. It sounds like you walk the same path as me. The only difference is, is I'm in that path of, I like to think that if there's a God and he created me in his image, he he made all the same mistakes that I made along this path. So, hey, as long as I'm making the better out of the two decisions, he more than likely made the same choice as me. And at the end of the day, if I can live with the choice I made, then that's about all I can do. Well said, brother. I like that. Yes. I think a lot of this revolves around, it comes back to one of the things I like to talk about and Definitely, it's not the last time I'll bring it up on this show, but it's it's the innate ability for humans to elevate each other, because the reason this organized religion was made, and I'll even I'll be the first to say it, you know, when you're sitting in a room full of fifty people all saying the same prayer, there's some kind of energy that resonates off of that, you know. Absolutely. When you have people that are really, really, and I'm not a huge fan of organized religion. However, I'm a big fan of shared religion. Because I have one of my closest friends is he's Buddhist. And the things that we talk about really ultimately come down to like morality. You know, and you, you, you really put it really well, Pierre. Like if I'm doing the right things, like morally, if I'm if I'm a halfway decent person, then I will have a chance at salvation regardless of what is actually beyond this life. You know, I, I don't think that there's a God that's going to look at somebody who has done everything in their power to be a good person and deny them access to salvation. I just, I don't think that exists. Yeah. So I think even, you know, even the good atheists will have salvation. You know, I don't, I, if I guys, we, we have to, we have to remember that religion is man-made. 
Sorry to cut you off, but at the end of the day, no, it fine. was made. It was made by man. That's it. Absolutely. And, that- and it, it, it was made by man to hurt. It, made, it was made to hurt people. You know, if, if you make it, you know, morally unjust to do this or biblically unjust to do this, you have control of those people. Period. Yeah. Because back then, you know, one, you, they couldn't even read the text. The common people. You had to be able to go to college. And to go to college, you had to be able to read the text. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, you know, from the very beginning, you're denied access to information on salvation. And then, you know, we get this whole wormhole that we're in now, or loophole, excuse me, that we're in now where every religion's right and everyone else is wrong. And it's, it, it's become this very muddled mess of money. Yeah, I, I I totally I totally agree with you there, Tyler. We just we just having some sound issues. Uh, we have a robo Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's all right. The, the crowd will love it. They'll have their fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, if you have you guys seen the Book of Eli? What? Why did Gary? Yes. Oldman, why did Gary Oldman's character want the Bible so bad? Why did he want it so bad? Because he wanted to control people with it. And again, I'm not saying the Bible is evil because of that, but it can be used. It was made by man for God knows what, but it was made by man who was fallible. Who was just like us, mm-hmm. you know, who, who is us. <laughs> we are men, right? I mean, that's, yes. that's the approach I have with it. It's like going off of what you're saying with the Bible and everyone using it. I mean, it's like the King James version is the most transcribed version, but, or transcribed, that's not the right word, is it? Or trans, uh, Translated? Yeah, maybe? translated. Yeah, it's the most translated version. Mm. And if I'm not mistaken on that, if not, it's the new international version of it. But uh, I just know that one was actually written for its time whenever it was translated. Like, I, I guarantee you, I'm not saying that, again, the Bible is a bad book by any stretch of the imagination. But if you give an inanimate object enough worth, it could have a power that people give it and then after that it turns into the old saying you learn in church the bible is the word and the word is god like i mean yeah you you find that in every religion like i'm reading this book right now uh uh fuck i'm gonna have to go get it because i don't want to butcher this name (laughs) (laughs) he's been he's been reading dianetics by l ron hubbard Yes. It's better than the book that I've been reading that's been getting my curiosity. Is uh, Have you heard of our good Lord Cthulhu? Oh, my goodness. Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> I love But, uh, no, the book I'm reading right now is uh, Bhagavad Gita, as it is. And this is about um, Cretan, or I think I pronounced that right. Let me find the name. We'll go with Christian. It starts with a K. He is the deity of Hinduism, the deity of his own self-right. Mm. And pretty much this story is his embodiment. It's his word. It's him. And it's the transcription of it into to English. And it's pretty much just talking about his views and how he perceives humans. And um, it, I've only gotten through, I'd say, like the first 10 to 15 pages, but it's enough for me to keep reading, that's for sure. Like, there, there's, <laughs> I'm already finding a lot of parallels between this and so many other stories you hear throughout other religions. Yep, there's always awesome. a creation, there's always a flood, and there's always a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, 
No, go ahead, Tyler. I've been asked questions. Well, uh, I was just going to ask, uh, Pierre, what, what's, what's, you know, I know this is kind of broad, but I'm going to kind of give you the reins here. What, what's something that you came on today when you came on the podcast? What's something that you absolutely wanted to hit? What? I, I definitely wanted to hit the idea of um, natural health not being controversial. And actually, that's the idea of us returning to our roots. And I really don't want to seem like some quack or some crazy QAnon guy because they're totally not related. But I'm not, I'm not saying that if you're on your deathbed and you take this leaf that you're going to be jumping up for joy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm, I'll go back to the car analogy. I'm saying if you take care of your body, you're not, you're not going to get to the point where you're taking, where you have chronic disease at 30 years old, you know, where you're not on 12 different medications when you're 50. You know, the, the idea is to die young as late as possible, right? So uh, that's what I really wanted to, to hit on today because I've been through uh, a bunch of health issues. And I'm, I'm a walking testament. I mean, like I'm, I've experienced what it's like to rid myself of medications and replace it with the right foods and the right mindset because health is about your mind also, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I know that when you're eating right and when you're thinking right and when you're treating yourself right and you're treating other, like all of that together, I know, I, I feel the effects of that. And I felt the other side and I know what it feels like to be on this side. And I just want to share that with as many people because I think it can help us as a whole, as a people, as a society. So as, as just, you know, the common man, where can I go to learn more about holistic truth and this, this kind of revelation? Cause I feel like, Oh, uh, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't know necessarily what to even put in a Google search bar, you know, my book. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to write a, a book now, Pierre. <laughs> Yeah, if I had a book, this would be a great time to plug it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, well, uh, number one, man, uh, you know, Google is just, it's biased. You know, if, if, we can use an, if we can use another search engine like Ecosia or DuckDuckGo, that, that will be step one. Um, oh, researching natural alternatives or natural, uh, like today I was helping a friend um, figure out what a natural cure is for H. pylori bacteria. It's a bacteria that lives in your gut. And um, I knew some things, but I wanted to know more. So I typed it into Ecosia and I got some pretty good hits. I, I, re I referenced it, rechecked it with other sources and, it, you know, it checks out. So if you use something other than Google, you'll, you'll hit the right stuff. Um, whether there's one like go to, uh, it's tough. You know, I am still I'm still like reading a bunch of material and every day I'm learning new things. You know, there are different books that focus on different aspects of nutrition. But if there's something you want to hit, like. At the end of the day, let, let's, let, all right, if we're looking for one general idea to go with or to take away from this, at the end of the day, chronic disease stems from one thing, and that's inflammation. And not all inflammation is bad because inflammation also helps you fight off diseases and other bad bacteria pathogens. It's keeping a balance. It's with that inflammation. It's keeping a balance with your blood sugar. It's not letting yourself have a big meal and then crash and then have another big meal. It's keeping your blood sugar steady. If you can keep your blood sugar steady, if you can keep your inflammation steady using organic foods, local grass-fed meats, things like that, good quality foods, 
then you will have treated your vessel with the utmost respect and it will then translate into a longer life and a smoother ride, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going back to the car analogy, we want a smooth ride always. Yes. Less time in the shop. Mm -hmm. And for two points I would just like to make, I feel like for clarification, is um, one, I think diets have been proven to work differently for different people. There are people who cannot break down meat. There are people who cannot break down plants. I think it's important yes. to understand where you lie and to find out what happens. Like there, there is ways to go about it in a safe way, but to figure out what will happen if you take this or if you eat this certain type of foods or whatever it may be. And then another thing is about how you were talking about like natural foods to heal things like pharmaceuticals. Yes, they are made in a lab with a lot of chemicals, uh, synthetics and whatnot. But the main like critical ingredient in most of the pharmaceuticals or most cures are natural occurring ingredients. They are like natural occurring plants are, are used to cure diseases all across the world. Like yeah. they just get processed. Yep. That's about it. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you touched on that, man, because one diet does not fit all. Like we hear about these diet wars, you know, like, oh, I'm on Atkins or oh, I'm on keto and I'm on, I'm a vegan. Like, no, everybody's different. You know, and I was a vegan for 10 months and then I realized this isn't working out for me. Like a lot of it has to do with where you're geographically from. You know, if you're from the tropics, maybe eating more plants and less meat will work out for you. But if you're living in D.C. like me or somewhere colder, you're going to need some meat. Mm -hmm. The difference is you just you just need to make what's putting in your body quality. You know, before you attaching yourself to a specific diet, I feel like we're past that. You know, be, be a qualitarian, right? Instead of a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever area, be a qualitarian. Balance, listen to your body. And if you put quality things in there, you'll find your, you'll find your equilibrium. I like that. That's, that's yeah. very nice. So I, it brings one more question to mind and then I'll, I'll pass the torch to somebody. But it brings up, so one of the issues to just – from, from what we've talked about, the quality ingredients and quality foods, there is a price point that comes with that. If you are, if you are, you know, part of the majority and you're impoverished, what, what's, I mean, Ty brought up sustenance farming earlier, which is a fair argument, but it takes, you know, still an initial investment to, you know, well, A, if you have the land to farm your own things and then B, what what can grow but i guess my question would be what is you know what's a way that people can kind of ease into it per se because i know for me i end up having to eat a lot of five dollar value meals because you know, i mean that's just all my wallet can provide but understood you know i and i'm i know because I, I'm, you've, you've convinced me. I'm all aboard. And I'm probably going to go do some homework after this. Just, just kind of read up myself. Uh, it's very poses an interesting question because I was on. I had severe depression and anxiety uh, a couple about two years ago now, and I recently separated myself from my medications because I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I could feel wrong. You know, yeah. I, I felt you know something was forcefully doing something to the chemicals in my body and I hated it. Yeah. And I, I feel like the fact that I am, you know, and, and you know, I'm in college, I'm obviously not 
impoverished, impoverished, but I'm a broke college kid. We can call it like it is. And I, I feel like the ease of access and uh, ease of, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Ease of access kind of restricts the growth of this. Tyler, I totally hear you. Look, I took, I took a huge financial hit, you know, when I stopped, when I stopped DJing, you know, when COVID hit huge financial hit. And honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was how am I going to afford this food and how am I going to afford my supplements? Cause I supplement with high quality stuff. You know, our, our topsoil has been shot as, as a, as a globe, as an earth, as a planet. And that's another issue. So at what my point is, is we're not we're not we're not getting the same nutrients that we once were getting from our food so we need to supplement but to go back to your question it's all about priorities um i can tell you in the past year i haven't bought an article of clothing except for a mask <laughs> you know uh i haven't there there are certain things that i've had to cut back on to maintain the lifestyle but to me it's worth it because i know how good i feel you know and let's say that you know let's say god forbid it gets to a point where i can't go shop at my organic whole foods store or not whole foods but my organic store that sells whole foods not the whole foods amazon store I, i'm not a fan of that place but yeah. um you know if, if it gets to that point god forbid where i can't then you know you kind of have to like if you have to eat out uh it felt weird to me first asking asking a place this but what kind of oil do you use to fry your stuff in you know if it's canola oil see you later you know your, your body does nothing with that as an example um I try to look for places if I have to eat out uh, that, you know, take their ingredients seriously. Like, I mean, Chipotle, they've been vocal about we don't use GMOs in our products. And that's a big thing for me, you know. So, you know, there are ways. As long as you can try to minimize the crap, then you're going to come out on top, you know. Um, It's about priorities, too, at the end of the day, man. Like, you have people, like, I I, I I DJed in clubs where – you know, the, the guys are wearing $600 shoes, but at the end of the night, their credit card gets declined. You know what I'm saying? Like, where are your priorities? <laughs> you know, so at the end of the day, it's what matters to you, you know, and if it matters to you, you're going to find a way, you know, um, you're going to find a way to either make it work or, or deal with, I guess, a second level or a second tier substitute until you can kind of get back on your feet, which is what I've had to juggle with. So I know it's possible, man. I know it really is. If you really want to do it, it's there for you. Yeah, I like that, man. That's that's exactly like I, I feel Tyler there. You know, we don't have the money really to be eating whole foods or organic foods uh, unless we do prioritize, I feel like, or want to strive there because we can make anything happen. Absolutely. Um, however, like I would like to also point out that – there is so much we can still go into. You need to write your oh, yeah. book so you can come back on our show and we can talk more. <laughs> so I can plug it at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear more. Hey, well, now you can plug podcast. your future been, book. Uh, there you go. We've been, we've been doing GMO farming since fuck. We knew that farming existed and that's what we called it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technically speaking, I mean, technically speaking, broccoli is not even a natural plant. Nor is the lemon. Or it came from is, citron. Yeah. Uh, I heard garlic is not a real plant or uh, it has a lot of benefits. Corn, like there's no natural corn anymore. Uh, no, that, that died off a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That, that's what saddens me is like, uh, uh, only reason why is because I did 
I, I did a stupid research paper in high school over GMOs because of my uh, English teacher uh, really wanted me to do a paper on it. And like, I, I learned a lot about GMOs from that. Like, I learned that not all of them are bad. It's just, it's the mass farming aspect of it that's bad, really. Yeah. It's like, because yeah. really, all, like, if you take, I'm saying, if we take it out of the lab, like, this. The, or sorry, uh, technically speaking, uh, GMOs can be all the way, in, including, like I said at the beginning of time, hey, this plant and this plant we planted side by side. Bugs are eating almost all of our crop, but these three plants in particular. Let's save the seeds from X plant that isn't being eaten and replant them next year. And then if you do that, those plants are now stronger than the ones before it. And then you just keep doing that. That is how GMOs started, technically. And then after it that, is. and then and then from there you get the whole like, well, we know that this gene in this plant like is a natural pesticide. Like uh, pests will not eat it. Let's take this out of this plant and then put it in this completely different plant. And then it worked. But the problem is, is now you've messed up their cells. And how yeah. is the DNA going to work with it? And then that's where I get into where I agree with you. Like, unless you know what all genes are being played with in the plant, how do you know you're even getting nutrition from it? Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that, man. Because, mm -hmm. look, that way works. GMOs work. There's no denying that, mm -hmm. that the science works. But it doesn't mean that it's good for us. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that we're, we're getting the value from the food that we should be. And there, there's a, there's a, there's a movie. It's an awesome movie. It's called the biggest little farm. And I would really encourage you guys to watch it because it's, um, it, it shows you how, yeah, you could go the GMO route, but it took this farm seven years for it to be a sustainable farm. But once it got there, like, I mean, their, their products are just top notch. You know, and, and the, the methods of farming, the nutrition is still in their, in their crops and everything that they have because they took the time to actually figure out what was going on with the practices and trial and error and this and that. You know, so I can see both sides. And before, before I forget, there's this book. I don't know if you could see it. It's called Oneness First to One Percent. Uh, I'll text this to you guys. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's about how... It's about how Bill Gates basically is, is revolutionizing food, but although it may be cheaper, it may not be the best thing for us health-wise. Did he steal you know, that and, and too? Say again? Did he steal that idea too? Yeah, he stole, he stole a bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished this book and I realized how much... You know, he's the biggest owner of farmland in America right now. I honestly did He's not a man of the future. That's scary. Back in twenty ten, yeah, back in twenty ten, he knew COVID know, was going to be happening. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a like, he's a visionary, right? <laughs> at what point are you like at that Rockefeller level, though? You look at like the Bezos and the Gates that control, you know, massive parts of the country like that. You know, how much how much control can you have before it becomes a corruptive control? Dude, Gates is Rockefeller. Gates is the Rockefeller of our time. He runs the world with wealth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, except now we have a, a little more competition than, you know, just Rockefeller. We also have Elon right there beside him, and then we have Jeff Bezos right there beside him. I don't think it's, it's, it's not so 
monopolistic as it used to be. It's still pretty. There's, I mean, <laughs> I don't you know. know. Wherever, they're, wherever they're... you have, you barely could count three people there. And I'm just making the point <laughs> of it's not really much of a competition. But and... one's better. Th- I mean, three's better than one. In the grand well, we weren't allowed there at Rockefeller's to time point. either. Now, I mean, I, but, I'll, I'll but give I, you that, I but I've played Monopoly with you to know that, like, it, it doesn't take. <laughs> it's not difficult to knock two other people off a totem pole when they're both stacked pretty fairly high. The the one percent is still the one percent. Whether it's one person or three people, the percentage I think has stayed the same. Yes. Oh yeah, and capitalism. Yeah. You know, capitalism breeds elitism. There's just yeah. That's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. Until we change something about the foundations of capitalism, that won't change, period. And good luck changing foundations. Why would you want Oh, to? man. Well, you know, it, people get so comfortable and caught up in the idea that, you know, this is the best thing for right now. But when is it not? You know, when are we going to have our next, you know, John Locke, you know, to come up with something new, to come up with. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, not smart. Saying, it's 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 a really hard one for me too because I'm not uber political, but it's at what point is it finally just too corrupted to stay? Whenever the young generation's tired of not or of hating politics. Yeah, but the minute that the young generation decides, hey, let's try to reorganize the way the government works, it's considered treason. Even though in what? the Declaration of Independence, the people have the choice to disband the government if we really see fit and to remake it into how it needs to be today. Because in my personal opinion, this is the reason why I'm not as politically outspoken as I could be, is because honestly, I think our all political systems in this day and age were written on muskets and like muzzle-loaded gunpowder with bullets being like literal not even complete circles and inaccurate as hell like (laughs) we need i'm not going to necessarily say we need to get rid of guns or all this other jazz like i'm not trying to jump on any bandwagons i'm just saying in my personal opinion for a government to exist in today's day and age someone needs to suck it up and say, hey, the guys we have in here is just not working. They're ruling from a time before. And in a day of digital age where if you can't jump on the bandwagon, your ass is in the fucking smoke to begin with. Like, If you don't understand how a computer works on a base level in today's day and age, which we are teaching preschoolers at this point, you don't belong on, in a political seat, in my personal opinion. <laughs> and it's, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not trying to talk bad about anyone. Like, if, as far as political figures go, if anyone in Congress actually bothers to listen to this. But <laughs> my thing is, is there are too many people ruling from, well, when I was a kid, this is how it went. So he, let's try to better the country from when I was a kid, when in reality, you need to be bettering the country from the place that we're in currently. Like, you can't fix something that was broke back when you were a kid, but you can fix it and try to make it better in case we fall into the same slump in the future. So, with that being said, I'm a firm believer if we just need to get rid of everyone that's in office and just re-elect new people. Like, if you get re-elected, congratulations! You probably (laughs) deserved it. But, like, on the opposite end of that, like, we just need new people. Like, there are some people in there that 
don't know how a computer works. There are people in there that probably the most that they know that they can do with their cell phone is uh, I can check Facebook and Twitter. But like outside of that, like they have to use an iPhone because you hand them an Android and be like, hey, program this to do what I want to do. They probably know what the word programming is, but they couldn't tell you where to begin. But like, well said. But that that's my that's my political rant there. But it's just <laughs> that it's just one of those things where, like, in my personal opinion on the topic of like you know moving forward with better choices and everything, like that in an honesty is something that needs than just people that need to hear it because the people that need to hear it just won't listen anyway. So we definitely should. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, a, that's a lot of topics we can cover. That's a lot. That's real. <laughs> rant right there. But there, y'all got a little look into what I actually think on it. Well, it was well received. Thanks, I, I personally agree with what you said. Mm. myself. Well, um, that means the uh, time limit. Um, gone, man. We definitely have a lot to talk about. I was going to say, I only spent like 30 minutes. Yeah, dude, dude it's been awesome. Uh, honestly, you guys really well. And, um, I appreciate you guys. This is really, really enlightening. Really, it's good to connect with with people who can perspective on things. It's refreshing. So, well, um, yeah. well, thank you for this, Pierre. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Of course. Hopefully, we can do it again. Hell yeah. back. That way, I can at least spend a full. <laughs> but, let me know. Um, yeah, we'll let you know when this is up. Um, so that way you can go and listen to it and tell all your friends to go listen to it or whatever it may be. But yeah. uh, with that said, that's some real talk, real soul. Soul speak. Like what you hear or have a topic suggestion for the show? Join the conversation and subscribe now on social media at SoulSpeakTV or visit SoulSpeak.tv for more exciting content. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Soul Speak, real talk, real soul. Hey.